Hello everybody, welcome back to Fastscape Rewatch. I am Cartwright Hats and joining me is Red Nightmare as usual. Objection! Sustained, I yes. think. Oh god, it's another courtroom drama, sort of, a little so, bit. Kind of. Kind of a little bit. Anyway, this is uh, going to be about episode 17 of season 2 of Farscape. Mm-hmm. We are in the back half of season 2, we've got like five more episodes after this. Yep. And uh, if you remember last week, we saw Stark again, who features prominently in this episode. And okay, so I'll say up front, this is an interesting episode just from a production standpoint of like what they've done with the story. Not talking about anything that happens within it, but the way they approach it is yeah. by, is itself an interesting thing to do, which we will talk about. So let's just catch up with uh, where we were last week we had it was a standalone episode with the locket and Aaron getting stuck on the planet for many many cycles and mm-hmm. resetting and again we kind of have a, a similarly standalone episode in the ugly truth and we actually start with i guess i've got it down in my notes as a cold open really yeah i like that we just go straight into the action we just turn up on talon actually it's bloody next to moya yeah, right next to Maya, and then Aaron arrives on Talon, sees Crace, turns around, and uh, Aaron says she's unarmed. Everyone else is waiting in the transport pod. Everyone is there apart from Chiana and Rigel. Yeah, and Pilot, obviously. Well, yeah, he doesn't get out much, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you really should get out more. I don't think so. Last time he Such tried, last time he got out more, it didn't work out well for him. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Hmm. Good point. So, yeah, Aaron's like, okay, I'm unarmed, as we agreed, but uh, you're armed, aren't you? Because he's connected to Talon with the guns popping down from the ceiling. Which What Chris does is he reaches up to his neck and he removes a little disc from the back of it and says, now I am uh, I am unarmed as well because I have uh, temporarily suspended my connection to Talon. So yes. I am defenseless. But I think he says to Talon, it's like, I'll be back. I'll uh, rejoin you within the arm. Yeah. I won't be gone long, don't worry. <laughs> be right back, just popping over to the store for a moment. Yeah. So, on Moya, Pilot says to Rigel and Chiana, it's like, oh, they're asking her, has Talon grown since last time? They say, oh, yes, he has, and his cannon certainly has, and mm-hmm. he's getting bigger and more dangerous, I guess. These kids keep growing bigger, getting uh, more dangerous weapons. Yep. Uh, <laughs> how they grow. And Talon is actually talking to Moya, and saying that he's happy and that Crace is not mistreating him. Back on board Talon, everybody has joined Aaron now, so we've got Dargo, Zan, and Stark. And, and John. And John, yes. Crace says, well, we've called a truce for now. And he actually recognizes Stark. He says, ah, Bannock slave, you're on the Gamak base. And he says, oh, I'm flattered you remember me. Your name is Stark. Stark. But with the kind of the subtext being like, if you care. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Stark. So here's the lowdown of why Crace has called them. Because actually they, they say, it's like, why did you call us here? And he says, that, okay, Talon is becoming more aggressive and I need your help to disarm him. I think he's worried that he can't control Talon. Yeah. And then we cut back to uh, Moya because then uh, Rigel is asking Chiana, so what are they all talking about over there? They've been talking for ages. They've been gone for ages. So there's clearly a lot of discussion happening that we haven't seen. Chris, Chris clearly can, can possibly be that interesting conversationalist. 
<laughs> no, not really. Also, while he's saying this, Rigel is grooming himself with a toothbrush. Mm. Yeah, he kind of is. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. It's so, a ornate brush that I could have mistaken for a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah, it's just a nice little detail. But before anything else can happen, Pilot says, okay, there's a vessel approaching fast. Mm-hmm. A Placavian ship. Is that good or bad? I said, that's bad news. Oh, yeah. So and then they say, okay, Talon is powering up his main cannon. And the Placavian ship is coming in fast. And they're like, oh, no, that's bad news. That's not good. And then without any word from anybody, Talon's just like, whoop, whoop, and like yeah, blows it up. It was a tiny ship about the size of Talon. Just blasts it out of the sky in one shot. Yeah. And uh, Talon stops talking to Moya. And another Placavian ship is coming in. Mm-hmm. And they're like, everybody, okay, get back to Moya. Get in the transport pod. Get the frell out of there. Yeah, Chris basically tells him to get the hell off his ship. Yeah, he kicks him out. He, like, he puts yeah. the neural transponder back on. He's like, now get out of my ship. Ah. They just, they flee. They get in the transport pod and they're approaching back to Moya. And they say, get out of there quick. Talon is going into Starburst to get away. Mm-hmm. We see and- Talon actually doing a Starburst. Yeah, nice effect cool shot. animation. Mm. I don't know if that's the first time we've actually seen I Talon's Starburst. Yeah, I think at least it's, I. I mean, he did do it himself at the end of the first episode of the season, but I think it's a different shot in this case. Yeah, it's and, more. It's more detailed. Yeah, and so they're getting away in the transport pod. They have to get back to Moya quickly because you know other Placavian ship is coming in, but they don't quite make it in time. Mm-hmm. They get uh, captured by the other ship and drawn in, and everyone is just basically knocked out. Yeah, the, the, these. I love how this giant ship comes over the uh, transport pod and these tentacles, almost like Doc Octopus yeah. from, <laughs> from uh, Spider-Man, just come out, grab the ship, electrocute it, and then just take it in. Pull it up, yeah. That's actually, I think we were a little long-winded in discussing it, but that is actually fairly like a fairly quick sequence. Yeah, that's like, like two minutes tops. Yeah, there's just a lot of a little bit of setup to do with what they're what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I just I like the I just really like the pace of the opening because yeah. it's like boom right I let's agree. get into it and bang 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 and that's like and that bit where they get captured is the hook and it's like okay titles <laughs> yeah yeah because it's like that's this is all you need to know we're not gonna add any extra bits and fat pieces. onto it it's yeah. nice lean it's quick let's get it out yeah so when everybody wakes up they're not on board the transport pod they're in the middle of well they're in a they're on a disc. <laughs> I love this idea for a jail cell. This is great. This is like a a large circular metal disc. I don't know how far across it is, but they can all fit on it reasonably mm-hmm. comfortably. And you see them all waking up, and they're just surrounded by darkness. Yeah. And they're like, okay, where are we? Everyone is there apart from Aaron. Dargo wakes up and is actually really angry, grabs Stark, says, this is all your fault. And Let me go. And Crichton's like, okay, cut it out. It's not helping. Mm-hmm. And Crichton's actually like, how far down is it? And he just spits down. And just nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, you never hear a splat. No. It's like, oh, that's deep. Because I love this principle. It's like, here's a disc. Go live on it. There's nowhere you can go. No, you can't. Unless you can fly, you're screwed. Yeah, there's no walls. It's just a really, really long way down. Yeah. And the way it's shot is like you have the disc is basically when when we have a, a, a wide shot with everyone, 
It's mm-hmm. basically in the center of the frame, surrounded by darkness, with a light coming down from the top. So it actually yeah. looks pretty cool. It's quite a visually interesting shot of. It's it's not just a jail cell. It's not just another jail cell. You no. know? which is really cool. I I like that they didn't just put them in like here's a four gray it's walls with bars. <laughs> it's like no no. I always like the little bits of extra like uh, design that they that they do in Farscape just to make things different. You know. Yeah. Which is nice. It's like okay, how can we do this not the standard way? It doesn't have to be that like, expensive or impressive, just interesting. And so speaking of that, we actually then go to see Aaron being interrogated. Yes, and I love this place. Yeah, so it's all very dark, uh, much like the uh, other shot with the jail cell. And Aaron is sitting in, uh, how best to describe this? It's like a bucket seat. You know, you might think of something like that you would see uh, in like a sports car, but like rotated back a bit. So she's lying down and her legs are up over the ends of it and it's all large and sort of made of metal and there's a pipe that comes up from between where the legs are with like a light on the end of it yeah and like pointing at her face i don't know if you've seen these things it reminded me a bit of a maternity chair oh yeah that's a good that's a good way of describing it because the legs are kind of curvy alien maternity chair but yeah yeah because the legs are kind of up like elevated yes and they don't seem to be built just for bipedal creatures and also, like, it's on top of a pole, which is then the pole is actually coming out of water. Like, the yeah. floor is actually just uh, water. We only see, like, a little bit of light coming over it. There's, like, a one light in the background shining mm-hmm. not very brightly, so you see a few waves. It's yeah, a really, you just see the ripples. Yeah, it's a really cool shot. It's actually, it actually really makes it feel kind of, oh, what's the word for it? Um, alien alien is a good word for it but i mean like it's disturbing like she's the only one there and there's big blackness around her yeah yeah yeah. fast yet claustrophobic yes oppressive yeah that's a good word oppressive is a good word so anyway she's being interrogated by the placavians and we don't see them we just hear their voices Mm -hmm. quite high pitched. it's like <laughs> but uh, we won't do their dialogue like that. No, <laughs> I like to keep my throat on one piece. <laughs> but uh, I, I need to stream later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, they say that okay. What, what do you have to say for yourself? And says she says that Talon could not have fired alone because there were manual overrides in place. Yeah. So you know, Chris would have had to done it himself. But Chris was nowhere near the console. And uh, she says, if I wanted to blame Crace, it would be easy because he fled. Yeah, but I don't. Like, would it have mattered if Crace was here? No. Destiny Pony would have been the same. But they think she's lying to protect Talon and Crace. And they want her to tell her the whole story without lies from when the others entered. So we now get a flashback from Aaron's point of view. Basically, it's Aaron's testimony of what happened when everybody yeah. arrived on Talon. And it's part of the same scene we've seen before. Yes, at the beginning. Different blocking, different angles, slightly different dialogue. Some people say something the other. Yes. Another character did in a previous version. I, in I, a previous version. I do like that the way it's shot varies so that it's not yeah. shot for shot the same scene. Because no. it goes beyond what we saw, but the opening bit that we did see that we're familiar with is actually shot differently. There's another angle... 
rather than like like a front shot of Crace, it's from the side and close up. It becomes really interesting in the next few testimonies that we'll hear because I found a lot of interesting things they did with the yeah setup of the scene. It also stops it from being more repetitive. Yeah, which is great because I mean. Spoilers, but the premise of this episode is that we're going to see this scene several different times. Mm -hmm. And so just changing it up a little bit makes it really helps it not feel like uh, repetitive and like, oh, we're going through this again. Yeah. So this is Aaron's testimony. So we have the stuff we saw before. Crace is surprised to see Stark, you know, remembers him from the Gamak base. Mm -hmm. And Crace says, we want help disarming Talon. What he wants to do is trade in the weapons for a non-lethal dampening net, which just immobilizes ship. And he wants to get that from the Placavians. It's and... apparently the only non-lethal weapon they use. <laughs> Zan is like, who are the Placavians? Can you fill me in, please? Yeah, Stark says that uh, the Placavians are an incredibly dangerous race, that they just build really dangerous weapons. Yeah. They've used that technology to enslave multiple worlds, mm -hmm. including his own. Because remember, like it's easy to forget because we haven't seen Stark for a while, but he's a uh, Bannock slave race. Yes. So, you know, yeah. Anyway, predictably, Darko thinks this is all crap. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this it's is a trap. lie. You don't want to disarm him at all. And Aaron says, well, no, hear him out. And Crichton's like, hey, leave Dargo alone. He's got a point. And then Zan's like, well, Kreis has a point as well. And uh, Aaron says, well, we'll have to oversee the installation to make sure you're not... Uh, lying to us. Mm -hmm. the, the other problem is that Talon probably won't do this willingly. No, so they need a way to sedate him. Yeah, uh, Aaron says, well, I reckon Talon might agree if I say it's okay, because we know that Talon and Aaron have a very close bond. Yes. I mean, hell, she named Talon. But Crace is like, no, 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 he trusts me. But Crace does need their help, along with Moyers, to help convince Talon. But Dargo says, I will not be a part of this. You know what? I have a better idea. Let's just snap your neck. <laughs> Why is that your go-to, Dargo? Why is that always the first thing you suggest? It's easy. It's quick. <laughs> Usually it's effective. Crichton also has a problem with it. And Crace is like, look, it's just, I, it's a simple transaction. I just want to trade with the Placavians and install this thing. And Zan's like, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to think this over. I might have to meditate on it. And Dargo's like, nope, no thinking. Let's kill Crace. Screw this. Yeah, and Chris is like, look, if you do that, Talon's going to get even more aggressive without my guidance around. And I think it's, is it John who says it in this Dargo, version? It's Dargo, I think, Dargo. in this version. He says, uh, well, you mean your control. Yeah. Uh, I will say that, like, to be fair to Chris, is like, we know that Talon does kind of trust Chris a little bit, and we've seen what happens when you try to take Chris away from him. Yeah. So, yeah, Dargo, if you kill Christ, you're probably not getting out of Talon alive. Also, I like that uh, Zan brings up, wait, 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 with the Helosians, we remember mm. the Helosians being the bird people with the, yeah, from the episode out, where the body swapped. From, yeah, out of their minds, yeah. Yeah, where she said, like, we know that he didn't fire first, so he's telling some truth. So he's trying mm. to make a case for himself, and he also says, I can't actually even convince Talon to use his weapons as a last resort, yeah. you know, I really need the help to disarm him because this is getting too much for me. And Aaron says, well, I'll link up with Talon for a direct conversation. And But neither Crichton nor Dargo want to trust Crace. But then Crace says, well, I've only used Talon in self-defense. 
Mm -hmm. So the Blakavians come over the comms uh, suddenly. Oh, you're early, Grace says. Yeah. Well, we, your ship hasn't been sedated yet. No, no, yeah, that's, that's why you, I, you're early. I was still wanting to do that. He says, don't worry, privacy mode is engaged. Nobody's monitoring this conversation. Everyone else, they're looking at the readouts now. It's like, this. the Blakavians are heavily armed. Yeah. And Stark's like, we have to raise the defense screen. Um, but Aaron stops him and says, well, if you raise a defense screen, that doesn't look good. That could be an act of aggression. But and Stark's like, yeah, but if we don't do that, then we're going to be setting docks. Yeah. And uh, Placavians come over the comms again and say to Chris, like, is there a problem? He says, no, but I want to discuss the terms of their agreement. And then Talon's gun fires. Yeah. And destroys a Placavian vessel. And Aaron is confused, like, because well, Chris immediately asks... Who did that? And Aaron's like, no, no, the proximity alarm was off. It was locked. It couldn't have happened. Yeah. And so nobody, Aaron's like, nobody did it. Nobody touched anything. Nope. What, what's going on? And Chris is like, Talon will find out, you know, we'll find out who did this. And he pulls out and he has a second transponder, sticks yep. it in his neck and the Talon's interior guns come back online, point them at the group and Chris is yelling at everybody to get out now. Yeah, and Aaron has to be dragged out. She's like, no, let me... And then they just pull her away. And then we go, cut back to Aaron sitting in the confession chair. Yep. And her basically saying, like, I would have forced him to stay if the others weren't so mm. cautious and pulled me back. So in that testimony, basically, Crace, the way Crace behaves, he's trying to make a case for himself. Mm -hmm. he, yeah, he's, he's trying to be fairly reasonable, I would say. Yes, he is. And everybody... I think in Aaron's testimony, most people are acting in the way that you might expect. Yeah, that's it. this is. I would have believed this as the truth. I mean, maybe it is the truth. I mean, we don't know at this point. We shall see. Yeah. But before we can uh, go see anyone else's testimony, we actually go back to uh, Moya, and uh, Chiana finds Rigel looking for food, and he's like, "Yes, <laughs> because of course." Yeah, and he says, "You're supposed to be ne negotiating with the Placavians," and he's like, "Huh, but they won't talk. They're not gonna talk. They have no interest in us." So. Yeah. Is that I'm actually going to get some food. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. If it's not going anywhere, go have a snack, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> For once, Rigel's not being completely unreasonable. No. <laughs> <laughs> so then, actually, Moya decides that they're pre basically like, I'm going to go look for Talon. Mm -hmm. Because staying here with the Placavian ship is not going to help anything. We can't do anything. We're not negotiating. That's not working. Actually... Chiana's like, hey, wait, are we moving? And Pilot's like, yeah, Moya's going to look for talent. Yeah, she's done. It's a fairly quick scene. There's not much else to it. So we return to everybody else. And I love this exchange that Dargo and John have because they're looking around. Because John was looking down. Nope, there's no way, no way, nothing to grab onto. We're not getting out. Some of us are going to have to hide in the bathroom at some point. <laughs> and yeah, that uh, Dargo does actually crack up at that. Yeah, it's laughing. like, yeah, you should not have said that. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Aaron actually uh, is returned because in the center of the disc, there's like a circular thing that sort of rises up and she's inside. It's basically a lift and yeah, uh, it's caged. Lift. Yeah. And she steps out. Aaron says, I was questioned. Everyone is going to be questioned eventually, and you shouldn't lie, because it'll, if you lie, you'll all get executed. I told them the truth. And then John's like, oh, honey, it's great to see you. I gives her a hug, and that's like, play along. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love this, actually, because he's, he's like 
really acting the part. He's like, oh, I've missed you so much. Oh, I love you too. And, and Aaron's like, I, I've missed you too, John. <laughs> so flatly. It's just, Your first response is like, wait, what? He's like, I missed you too, Pat, Pat, Pat. Are they listening? <laughs> I assume so. Yeah. So he's basically getting in for a quiet conversation with Aaron. She says like that, that she told him there was a malfunction. It's the best she could come up with. So she wasn't telling the truth. No. Or at least not all of it. So already we know something is wrong about that testimony. Mm -hmm. So next up is Zan uh, gets called down. So now we cut mm -hmm. to Zan in the interrogation chair. And she's very slightly nervously telling him the story, like uh, that it had to do with uh, that Talon had been having malfunctions. Yep. And we cut back to the same scene and it plays out mostly the same. There's a few, few differences. What I really like is that from this one onward, we st uh, at least we start seeing minor changes that not only indicate what mm. people are trying to accomplish with their uh, testimonies, but also that say something about that character. Yeah, so one of the differences here is that where we get Zan and Stark talking about the Placavians again. It's, yeah, it's the other way around. It's the other way it's around, yeah. Stark asking Zan... Who are the Placavians? And this is like this. And uh, Zan, yeah, I love, I love what she says. In Zan's version of events, Zan says that oh, they're a technologically advanced race with who are strong believers in justice. Yeah, justice and truth is like somebody sucking up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like wow. Yeah, no, they're never gonna fall for that, Zan. They're never gonna notice that one. Yeah, rule of acquisition number thirty-three. It never hurts to suck up to the boss. <laughs> Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> also, uh, did you notice something else in this version of the scene? Go on. Because, one, uh, I found that the way Crace is played in this one yes. is far more sympathetic. I, well, I, I I found him far more intellectual, far more reasonable. Actually, you know what I have written down? is I have smarmy Crace. Ah, okay. He's a lot more self-confident. And more like, oh no, 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 that's yeah, yeah, not yeah, true yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah, like, I, like he's not in a vindictive way. You know? No, I don't mean like he's being uh, cruel or like uh, superior. He's just like kind of a little bit cocksure, you know. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Smart and, and also, John is the opposite. Because mm. in other cases, John is usually along with the conversation, and in this case, John is. Again, oh yeah, that's a good point. Oh yeah, you do bring up a good point. That's a good point. And I'm like, how exactly do you see John, Sam? <laughs> because I think you see him as a lesser creature than the others. As an idiot who's only just barely yeah. keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it that's... says a lot about how she sees John simply by that, uh, the way that scene <laughs> plays out. And Aaron is a bit, tiny bit more aggressive in this scene. Yeah, and so uh, I think a few more differences, basically, that we have some more detail that Talon's uh, circuits have been m malfunctioning. Yeah, uh, and then we cut back to the interrogation room and the interrogators say, like, no, that's not what we heard. <laughs> there was no one who was mad about this. And it's like, well, Dargo at some point got a bit angry. Yeah, that's when Doggo lost his temper, and they said, why did he do that? I said, well, he's a Lux, and they're prone to fits of hyper-rage. That's racist. So they, yeah, that's a stereotype, and yeah. not okay. It's um, not okay. And also, well, he lost his son recently. It's real, real sad, was it, really? 
So then we go back to the flashback, and yeah, Dargo's like, don't want you to make the exchange. We're not doing this. I'm going to snap your neck. Yep, and Crane's like, yeah, he makes a good point. Yeah, again, following up somebody else's lead. And Stark says, you know, oh, tamp- dampening, that's just what Talon needs. <laughs> like, Crace is like, I just want to help Talon. It's been hard talking him into using weapons only in defense. And you can oversee the modifications if you want. Same, same as before. Yeah, and when uh, Zan brings up the Halosians, Krace says it demonstrates his good intentions. Then the uh, Placavian ship turns up, and they actually have like a little holographic display in, in Talon of it on the sensors. Yeah. And again, like Zan is sucking up here because Zan and Stark go over to look at it and says, Oh, beautiful ship, isn't it? Oh, yes, very aesthetically pleasing. It's pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> really trying to butter up the uh, Placavians. Yeah. <laughs> But then the Talon cannon comes online, and Eren says the weapons console malfunctions. Crichton yep. goes to disarm it. Eren stops him. It's saying, like you might set it off. But then the cannon fires. That's what happened, really. That's what really happened. And but then Zan also says, "Talon, Chris, you should you should be here when the authorities arrive, so you can you know explain what really happened." And then he pulls yeah. out the transponder. Anyway. And also, I like how once this cannon goes off, Eren and John start pulling each other. And they yeah. don't stop until they've left the scene. <laughs> it's like, ah, so that's how you see that. Okay, fine, yeah. Zan, fine. <laughs> nice to see how you really see some some of these people. Interesting. <laughs> and so back with uh, Zan in the chair, she tells the Placavians, you know, we could do nothing. So we got on the transport and then got captured. And so Zan gets returned to everybody else. She says to everyone, you know, I told the Placavians what I saw. And then Dargo says to Stark, like, if you don't do the same, then we'll all die. Yeah. Dargo like, is... Oh, what, 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 what's going on, Dargo? Why are you so hammering into Stark? What happened? Nervous eye going left and right. <laughs> yeah, Dargo, I mean, we know Dargo is an aggressive guy quite often, but this seems a, seems a little bit much for him. He's just really mm. pissed off today for some reason. Yeah. So Stark does get called and... Uh, put down into the uh, interrogation chair. Immediately, Stark's like, I didn't believe that Krace only wanted the dampening net. And I think the reformed Krace is just an act. He's yeah. power mad. And Crichton agrees with me. He doesn't believe that story either. We go again go into the, the earlier scene. Now, this one is significantly different. Because one of the things I noticed as this is shot, notice how emotionless and still everybody is. They're blocked. Yes. Like standing... Uh, uh, spread out two in the back, two in front, but they, there, there's barely any physical movement. Yeah, very, very stationary, just yes, straightforward talking. And I think also Crace is a little bit more defensive in this yeah, version, more defensive, slightly more erratic, because his expression is far more moving. Yeah, it's far more almost sometimes a twitch in there. Yes, exactly. Which makes me wonder how Stark sees the others. Yeah. Does he see them as very still people? Mm. But then Chris, you know, he points he brings up are Talon needs me, Talon chose me. Aaron says, well, maybe we should override that choice. And it's like, yeah, it's never going to happen. When the Halosians get brought up, Chris uh, says, well, they attacked and I spared them, which I'm not a killer. But Crichton says they won't help. Chris says they'll regret it. The Placavians arrive. And so here's here's another major difference. The Placavians oh, yeah. arrive. Krace says, the deal's off, and fires on them. <laughs> well, apparently uh, the deal's off, and Placavians are like, you can't do that. It's like, bang, Krace just fires on them. Yeah, so Stark certainly seems to be, at the very least, 
setting Crace up, trying to, you know, incriminate him, I guess. Now we know for a fact someone's lying. Oh, yeah, like, these testimonies do not line up. They are way too far apart. And the Placavians are like, that's not what the others said. Yeah, of course, they want to protect Talon. Yeah, they they don't care about Crace. They only want to protect. Yeah, because they were like, we have to. Be, we want you want us to believe that they're protecting Crace. Is like, no, they're protecting Talon. And they say, you know, well, and you're and you don't care about Talon. Not more than my friends here currently. Yeah, not in the same way as they do. Mm. So, which makes sense because yeah, Stark wasn't around Talon. No, that was the not first at all. time Stark met Talon at all. I think yeah, yeah, because. So, yeah, he doesn't have that connection with him, which, yeah, yeah, like you said, it makes, makes sense. sense. He'd be like, uh, screw Talon. Yeah, and, but, you know, we know that he knows Krace pretty well. Yeah. And does not like Krace. No. So, yeah, this all adds up. So, back on Moya, it's Chana and Rigel and Pilot and, you know, looking for Talon. Mm-hmm. And Chana's like, well, we haven't found him. We can't find him. And, you know, we've been going in circles, and pilots like we are following a spiral course of my own design. It's like <laughs> not fine. Stop dissing on my designs. And she's like, <laughs> he actually gets very annoyed. It's like uh, then you know they're questioning Moy's decision. It's like, no, shut up. We're gonna look for talent. Yeah, like, shuts off the screen. Chiana's like, well, if we're leaving behind everybody else who's been captured by the Placavians, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Chiana is conv- trying to convince him, like, look, we need to do this. We're just going around in circles. We improve our chances of losing our bearing and not being there when they might escape. And as you said, Pilot's like, no, I, that's not what we're going to do. Turns off the clamshell. Mm. And then Rigel's like, just starts laughing at Chiana. <laughs> He's like, oh, yes, you've got a fine career as a diplomat ahead of you, especially with your way with words. <laughs> Tell you, Rigel. Tell you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, good going, Chiana. You really negotiated the hell out of that. <laughs> Again, the, these scenes are fairly quick with uh, Rigel and Chiana yeah. aboard Moya. And I like them because despite it being technically the B-plot, it's closely related to the main plot. Yes. And also good. there's <laughs> good progression in it, as you said. There's yeah. never a scene that's just treading water. Also, them being separated from everyone else is like, they've got less to do in this episode. But mm-hmm. if we had gone through everyone else's testimony including theirs this would have been like this yeah, would have been a much longer episode it's good to have these little interstitial bits on more. yeah break things up a bit so we go back to everyone else and uh, dargo's pacing back and forth Prime's like hey cheer up man you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> and dargo's like shut up or i'll throw you off the edge whoa dude like, okay all right i hey, was trying uh, whoa, to up. improve your mood <laughs> it's like well grumpy pants yeah so Stark gets returned uh, up through the center, and the Placavians actually say, like, those testimonies do not correspond, and unless we hear the truth, all of them will be executed. Off with all of your hands! Yeah, and uh, Dargo flips out. He's like, he just lunges at Stark. He's like, this is all your fault! Yeah, and he punches him, and he actually punches Stark's mask off. Yeah. Like the mask that covers half his head. Stark kind of collapses and is like, my mask, my mask. And we see the orange glowing energy underneath that uh, the mask on that side of his face. It's and it's like writhing. It's yeah. It looks less like uh, just light. It's like there's actual shape to it. It's like yeah. 
Kind of a little bit like lava, but orangey and bubbly and think, think the effect you get when a lava lamp is all, is slowly rising. Yeah, like that. Yeah, and and that's several times overlaid over each other. It's like mm. several. It's uh, sort of bubbling. Yeah, and but the mask is like sliding off the disc that they're on, and uh, Zan leap the like lunges after it and just catches it as it falls off. Mm-hmm. And she puts it back on, and John's like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> If my mask is taken off and I'm not prepared for it, it, it keeps my energies in check. Yeah. N- not entirely physical. Yeah, he's actually, yeah, part energy being, yeah. I guess. So now it's time for Dargo's testimony. Dargo gets taken down, and we kind of waste a little time getting into it. So his, okay, Dargo's testimony, the major difference is how Stark behaves in this version yeah. of events. Because Stark, the moment that he hears the word Placavian... He flips out. Yeah, he says, "Oh, the barbarians, murderers, builders of horrific weapons." He's a lot more energetic and like f- yeah. uh, frantic because in the previous versions he's been like, "Oh yes, the police." Hmm, hmm. He's more oh, like, yeah, "No, uh, no, da- no, da- dangerous people or very noble and truth seeking." <laughs> or actually, in Zan's one, he didn't even know what they were. Yeah, but he's like, "No, the barbarians are war. They're savages. We need to be stopped." And uh, Aaron then steps in to defend Chris. According mm-hmm. to Dargo, you want to equip Talon with more deadly weapons. Yeah, that's what that's what Dargo believes they're going to do. Crichton agrees and is like, "Yes, no, that that yeah, makes sense." I'm with you. That I can get behind. Points at Dargo and like, "Yeah, that's a little bit you. How <laughs> you would act there, Dargo? Just a little <laughs> bit." I, I, so in this version of things, so after Crichton agrees with Dargo, everybody kind of stands behind Dargo, and yeah. Dargo like folds his arms. It's basically he's. I've got in my notes is like in air quotes Captain Dargo. That's like, exactly how what I saw in this yeah. block. He's in front, arms crossed, almost a bit. He seems taller. He probably isn't. Well, he's taller than everyone else. Yeah, but he always he always is. But the, but that's important though. That yeah. he's at the front and yeah, and and the, the others are standing behind him a little bit, just by his shoulder. But they're standing behind him. So and he's clearly center in frame. There's Stark. A tiny head Stark sticking over the shoulder of Dargo. There's Zan in the background on the other end. Yeah. As you said, it's clearly Captain Dargo. Dargo is in charge here. Also, of all the testimonies, this is where Dargo is the calmest. Yeah. He's very reasonable. He's a very reasonable person. That's how Dargo sees himself. Calm, collected, and in charge. Well, somebody's lying to himself. Well, I mean, that's how (laughs) he sees himself. I know. (laughs) You know. But I love how they, not only how they see each other, in this case, it's clearly how... Dargo sees himself. Yeah. And Crace is like, well, this will help Talon. And Dargo says, well, we can help Talon by breaking your neck. Yeah. And Crichton's like, yeah. Sounds like violence won't solve this problem. And, you know, Talon needs my guidance, says Crace. And Dargo says, no, control. Aaron says, I can help. And Dargo says, Crace wants to use the power for himself. Yes. And uh, so most of that plays out the same. But then when the Placavians arrive... Stark is like, we shouldn't deal with them. We need to get rid of them. We need, we, to- we, need to, we need to strike first. We need to do it quickly. And so then Dargo and Zan actually go over to the a hologram of the Placavian ship, mm-hmm. uh, whereas previously it was Stark and Zan. Yeah, and uh, they, it is. they look at a cargo analysis, which is carrying Novatrine gas, mm-hmm. which will apparently eat you from the inside out. Oh, great. At least it won't turn you into spiders. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's fine. Mm-hmm. All right. But Stark's like, we have to stop them. And he just like hits a button on the console, which fires Talon's cannon. Everyone is like, 
Stark Frell Crace, he's not going to get the transponder back. And Dargo now says, he's got another transponder. It's like, they're, they're like, get out. And, you know, that's the end the of that. The whole scene end, ends like that. So it was Stark. Stark did it. Ah. Yeah. Dargo, is fing- he's like pointing the finger at Stark saying he did it. He fired the cannon. But uh, Dargo's like, I won't mourn the death of the Placavians. You know, somebody dealing in Novatrine gas. Yeah. Then why are you blaming Stark? It's like, because I don't think the rest of us should be held responsible for something he did by himself. And so back up on uh, the disc with everyone else, they're all kind of sitting down. And Stark is saying to Zan, you know, Dargo's testimony will probably get me killed. And like he says to her, it's like you have to believe me. I didn't. I didn't do it. Meanwhile, Amoya again. Just we cut back there fairly quickly. Chiana has gone to see Pilot uh, in his den, mm-hmm. and you know she's walking up to him and she's apologizing for uh, getting uh, angry at him earlier. And he says, "Between the two of us, what are our chances of finding Talon?" And he's like, "They're minuscule." But Moya, yeah, Moya feels guilty. You know, she's a parent. Talon is her son. She yeah. feels responsible for uh, his actions. And Chiana's like, well, there are a bunch of conniving weapon dealers. I think the galaxy is better off without them. Yeah, but Chiana tr- persuades Pilot to ask Moya, ask her if we should turn back because we're wasting our time here. And uh, The like is that, she says... I know she feels responsible for Talon, but she must also re- feel responsible for the others. John, Aaron, Zan. There's a little bit in the delivery of that, because she says, like, John, Aaron, and, like, puts emphasis on Zan. Like, she says, John, ah. Aaron, Zan, you know, like, especially Zan, because of everything that she's done for Moya. Yeah. And we know that those two definitely have a special bond. I just, it's a very, it's a little detail. Like, she pauses a little bit and, like, puts emphasis on Zan as well. And I also like that Pilot is then like, look, I can't force Moya to do anything, but I will ask her. And Moya does actually agree. She says, you're right. Basically, we'll set a return course. Pilot seems slightly surprised by that. <laughs> well, we know like, that huh. we know how far Moya is willing to go for Talon. You know, she's yeah. been, I think, obsessed is a word you could use to describe her. Rightfully so. I don't blame oh, her. Oh, yeah. At all. No, like, it, it's understandable, but. It's it, it, we've seen before where it's almost come at the expense of everyone else, mm-hmm. particularly you know, and on the other episode that kind of dealt with legal things. Yeah, and I do <laughs> like that Moya apparently has learned from that, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I yeah, mm, good point. Yeah, we're wasting our time here. We we there are other people who I care about who we can who we should be there for. Mm-hmm. So uh, back with everyone else, Dargo gets returned to the platform. And uh, Crichton gets called. So now it's time for Crichton's testimony. And uh, basically they, they start out, the Placavians say, like, there are inconsistencies in everyone's testimony, okay? You know, yeah. what is going on? And John's like, look, nobody pressed the firing button. The, the Placavians throw in Dargo's testimony of, oh, Stark did it. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, look. okay, something I, I realize we, we skipped over this before, but we have... Seen the Placavians have appeared on screen a bit yeah. earlier. I think it was when Zan was talking to them, mm-hmm. and they come in. They sort of wade through the water with like they've got, uh, I think either walking sticks or walking sticks. Yeah. I, I recognize the curve at the handle, and they're basically they're wearing sticks. large black sort of uh, cloak with a massive, really big hood. So you haven't seen their face, but no. actually they were there with Aaron as well because what we have seen is little shots of. 
something dripping from inside the hood into the water. Yeah, something. Oh. It's implying it's acidic. Yeah, and there's like a little close up of it. It's like, dip, but they've been they've been shrouded in their hoods. We haven't seen them at all. No. So yeah, they approach John, and when they say like that doesn't line up with what the other people said, they replay the recording back to them, yeah. back to John, but. Every- like the the other person's face is projected onto John's face. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, and it's also it's clearly like an in like an actual practical thing. It's not like CG'd over. No, it's, it's like just... actually like there's a projector projecting onto his face. And what I love is that every time he says something, they throw into his face like, "No, we have this testimony that's contradicting you." And the only thing I could hear while he was doing was just like, "Objection! <laughs> Take that!" <laughs> <laughs> And at some point, Crichton is like, look, of course our testimonies are going to be different. Nobody sees something exactly the same. Look, if you guys have a fender bender, do you get 10 equal uh, testimonies? Yes. Uh, oh, well, the rest of the universe doesn't work that yeah. way, okay? <laughs> <laughs> look, that's not how that works. And they walk up to him. Yeah. And we actually see their faces, and it's like they're all... Uh, I don't know. It's almost like they're hel- half-melted faces. Yeah, they've got melty with, people. <laughs> yeah, with green fluids pouring out here. Yeah, they've got like pustules on their face, and yeah, they don't look well. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. This looks like they have a disease. Not like it look. It doesn't look like how they're supposed to. They look unhealthy, you know. Yeah, it never gets brought up though. Hmm. I wonder if like this is just my own like. I guess headcanon, but I wonder if that's what comes with dealing with uh, the Novatrine gas that we were hearing about. It eats about you it. up from the inside. Yeah, yeah like handling it, they get a little bit ill. I don't know. It's it, it's not important, but I just I think that I think that's what's going on. That that's might, headcanon that might actually work. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they're 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 really gross to look at. <laughs> well, they're ugh. and I love that John at this point is like. As they stand there, uh, one is like, look, because everybody's lying, we're going to execute all of you just to be sure. If you just tell us who did it, we can be solved that. And John's like, oh, doesn't matter where in the universe you go. It's always the same. Good cop and bad cop. <laughs> and, but Crichton says, I reckon you're not looking for the truth. You want a no. scapegoat. Yeah. And I said, well, you, we want justice. He says, no, you're lying. I'll give it to you straight. I don't know who it was. I can only tell you what I saw. Yeah. So now it's time for Crichton's testimony. Important Which difference is... in Crichton's testimony: yes. nobody pronounces Placavians correctly. No, they all call them Placavoids. Yeah, <laughs> I love that because the rest of this one is completely straight faced. There's, I haven't noticed anything off about any characters in this one no that speaks to how john sees them he sees them just <laughs> as much as we see them which makes sense because audience is human john's human yeah i was worried that given what we've seen of the inside of john's mind uh that when we cut to this it was going to be really weird but no it's actually just very straightforward <laughs> and now i see this scene with everybody being played by scorpius yeah or like <laughs> i don't know that's an area i like <laughs> or just, oh, just being there Dargo in like a Hawaiian shirt or something. <laughs> I was I was kind of expecting something like that, but no, they play it completely straight. Aside from the fact that everybody says Placa voice, which I love. Yeah. Everything else fits except for everybody keeping <laughs> keep using that word. Okay, so Stark says that they're an evil race who produce weapons like Novatrine gas, each body alive. Chris says he wants a damping net. Dargo thinks he's lying. 
Chris yeah. says you can supervise. I need your help. Yeah. And Daga says we can't be a party to this. And Stark repeats, you know, the the pluck avoids yeah. are evil. You know, they've enslaved my race. This weapon will help Talon. Doug says we can break your neck, and that will also help Talon. Zan, importantly, this is a difference from what everyone else has said. Zan is the one who says when when Chris says uh, Talon would be more aggressive without my guidance. Zan says you mean control. control. Yeah, that's so. the difference. And you know, Aaron's like, well, maybe I'll have more success to convince him. Only ever fighting self defense brings up the lotions. Da 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 da. You know, same yeah. as before. The block of voice show up. <laughs> and Stark says, we shouldn't deal with them. Crane asks if they agree. Are you sure you want to deal with these guys? And Stark goes over to the weapons console to fire. Crichton sees him do this and goes to stop him. Stark mm-hmm. says, we have to strike first. They struggle over the control and Crichton switches it off. I don't think you see him switch it off, but he does say that at the end. Yeah, he says, I, Stark was trying to fire the cannon, so I disabled the console. Yeah, so I don't care what Dargo saw, he could have pressed that button ten times and nothing would have happened. Yeah, and then Chris ordered everyone to leave. He basically says, you know, the sa- and with the safety on, Stark could not have fired with the console yeah. off. So nobody did. None of us did it. So, and then we go back to everyone else waiting for Crichton to come back. And Stark mm-hmm. says, yeah, I'm going to be executed. I wonder how they'll what? do it. Blaster. Maybe That's even get strangulation. He brings up. Yeah, I think uh, actually the the gas they've been talking yeah. about. And Aaron says, "Well, they mentioned dispersion," and then Stark's like, "Oh, wait, there's a remote chance, a very slim chance he could survive dispersion." Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he's mostly energy, so if he can send a part of his energy, uh, a part of his being, to a different dimension or a different realm, then he might be able to survive dispersion. And sounds like kind of wanting to believe that like <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> and stark looks over to Aaron. she's just giving this look like really yeah and i love that stark's like yeah i don't believe it either <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's got to give it a try i guess okay. and uh, zan says well we know beings like moldis can reform themselves after being dispersed don't you tease me like that uh, <laughs> tease me like that son don't you tease me like that <laughs> Uh, I, I do love the, all the little nods back to previous things like we had with mm-hmm. the Halosians and this kind of stuff. Just It it, it really helps Farscape feel like a a continuous thing. It's always clever to use things like, wait, we've established that. We can actually use that <laughs> as a reference here to make yeah. our bullshit sound slightly more consistent. Hey, look, if it's self-consistent, like, oh, yeah, no, self-consistency no. is is more important than it making sense to us, I guess. No, 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 I agree. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's like... You might be able to survive execution. Wait, we can we can place that with this thing here. Yeah, that'll that'll help that'll help the audience buy into it. Yeah. So anyway, but Stark's like, yeah, no, you it probably won't work. Yeah. <laughs> so Crichton comes back, and uh, then the Placavians appear on another disc, sort of across from where everyone is, and above, of course, above them. Of course, so they can look down on them, and they say, like, like, "You have all been lying." Lie- so you will all be executed <laughs> and Stark's like oh and then he confesses he's like no I did it it was me I confess to the crime of blowing up your ship yeah I will not have the others be tried for my crime and then, and then, then... <laughs> there's a they all everyone else like collapses to the ground mm-hmm. and there's a brief second where I was like did they just kill everyone just to pit, just to show him <laughs> but of course not no they all got knocked out they're just yeah, like 
I like how they're still clearly conscious, they just can't move anymore. Yeah, you can see their eyes still darkening, looking at Stark. Yeah, there's like a close-up on John, you can see him looking around. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, you were our prime suspect, talking to Stark, of course. So they're going to execute him, and mm -hmm. he takes his mask off. Now, when he takes yeah. his mask off, the uh, stuff underneath it is not glowing anymore. No, it's it's dark. Yeah, which is important. I I guess that means he's shifted his energy somewhere else. I that's what I that's what I was reading into it as well. It's like he's doing something. His chances are slim, but at least it's like, well, it's something. I'll take any chance I can get. And he gives the mask to Zan and he says to everyone like, "I thank you for your friendship" and steps into the cage where yes. they were uh, brought up and down. And gets dispersed. Like, there's an energy that sweeps over the top of him, and he disintegrates. He screams while this yeah. happens. Just, it's like a heap of sand being blown away with yes. the wind in one turn. Gets turned into... One, one, one gust. Gets turned into glowing dust, basically. Yeah. So he's been executed. Crap. Well, Stark, it's fun having you for two episodes. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, I guess. Then we just cut to the transport pod, everybody heading back. Yeah. And Dargo says... I misjudged Stark. He should not have died for his crime. And then he's trying to save us. Aaron's like he didn't have a crime. But he Do didn't do anything. But Doug says I saw Stark fire. And even Zan says, "Yeah, I did as well." But then Crichton says, "No, I shut down the console before he uh, got to it." But that returned control to Talon. Yeah, I like how Aaron asks John, like. Did you know what, what was going to happen when you did that? And John's like, I knew that was going to return control to Talon, yes. And they're like, yeah, but why did Talon fire in that case? And then Pilot cuts in, who they've clearly been on the con with, and he says, well, Talon scanned the Bukavian ship and found the gas. I can't remember. The Novatrine gas. Novatrine yeah. gas. Yeah, it's one of the six forbidden cargoes for yeah. Leviathans to carry. And. He didn't know what that was. He asked Moya. Moya told him. And then, thinking that Moya was in danger due to that, Talon shot the ship. Yep. So Talon shot first. Yeah. <laughs> which, which suddenly makes also what Moya said about feeling responsible for what he did ah, make yes. a lot more sense. Yeah. Because if she hadn't told him, he probably wouldn't have fired. Mm. So it's more than just... You're responsible for your child. No, there was something else which she, she yeah. felt responsible for. Yeah, I like that. All right, so then we you know cut to everybody on Moya a bit you know a bit later on. Some time has passed, mm -hmm. and uh, we get some introspective Dargo. This is this is great. That's one of the things I like about Dargo is that he is able to look at himself and you know examine his actions, and he doesn't just. People don't have to tell him to do that. He he, he does it, you know. Yeah. And uh, he's sort of sat down in his quarters and Chiana goes to see him and sees a picture of his son. And then... Judging by her facial expression, this is the first time she's figured out that Yeah. The, she, Dargo clearly hasn't told her uh, yet since the last episode. Yeah. By the way, she looks at it. She looks at Dargo and there's like this moment of realization in her. And she's like, you're going to find him. Yeah, it's clearly the first time she's seen that photo mm -hmm. of of Jothi. Dargo says, like, only because Stark told me where he was. Like, why did he come back just to do that? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I think he probably felt he owed you a debt. Yeah. And Dargo says, I've become I've so, become so distrustful. He only wanted to help, and mm -hmm. I just didn't trust him. 
what does that say about me? Yeah, that I've become distrustful of the people who try to help me. I love that line from Dargo. Like, that yeah. like, little character introspection of, like, what's happened to me when I've become so distrusting? What does that say about who I've become? I think yeah, is, what's, I think what's is been happening to me. Line. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, it's, it's very minor, but the moment they're stunned on the platform, we only see Dargo's face from mostly the side. Yeah. But if you look closely, you can see that, oh, shit, realization on his face mm. as Stark is giving himself in. It's like, he's not trying to protect himself at all. No. He's doing the noble thing. Yeah. I feel like an asshole. Yeah, he and he really does. He's like, yeah, wow. I just I I'm such a fan of how they've characterized Dargo. Mm-hmm. You know, giving him giving him real depth like this, you know, the ability to look at his actions and to examine and just to be introspective and give him like really interesting motivations with his son and this scene is like, this is why I love Dargo so much, is these kind of things. I'm reminded, do you know the concept of the, um, you mentioned it before, I guess, the noble savage. Um, yeah, like, well, the... the in this the, case, it's more the the berserker with a deep cultural heritage. Proud warrior race yeah. guy. Yeah, that's, that's what Dargo is, but in this case, they actually do. didn't put the proud there as window dressing. He really is yes. proud and culture and is somebody yes he can be just battle combat snap neck done yeah no they really really give him uh that depth and mm-hmm. i know we've mentioned that before because they're very good at doing it but i I just like that i what i like especially like here is his introspection and he's like yeah. what have i become mm-hmm. i i don't like what i've become i don't like that i'm so distrustful and uh yeah that's just it's just a really strong scene and yeah all right, so there's one more scene before, well, a couple more scenes actually before we end the episode, and so next we go to see Aaron and Crichton. Crichton says, to "Aaron's like, why didn't you implicate Chris? Why didn't you, you know, point the yeah. finger at him?" And Aaron's like, "Well, if I'd done that, then I know they would have had to go through Talon to get mm-hmm. to him. So new, no. yeah, protecting Talon." He's and like, I like that John's like, "Was it the only reason?" Hmm. He's like. Not entirely sure, and he's, she's like, "Yeah, that was the only reason." Then Aaron asks Crichton, "says Can I ask you something?" And mm-hmm. uh, do you think it's possible Stark survived? And I like John's. Well, I've seen a lot of impossible things in this universe by now. Yeah, he's like, eh, "Maybe it's a very slim chance." Yeah, because Aaron says, uh, "Zam believes says she does. She believes it." And John's like, I don't think she believes that herself. Well, I, I, I think the 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 exchange is like, well, Zan says, well, Zan believes it, and John, I think, says she says she does. And I like that question from John about implying that you also just protect Grace. Mm. Is how those three are in sort of a triangle. A little bit, this... but not not a love triangle. Don't get me no, wrong. No, 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 no. But it's John. Still hates Krace for everything he put him through. Krace still has some respect for Aaron because, well, they're both deserters for the yeah, uh, peacekeeper yeah. cause. Aaron looks at Krace as like, look, if he can be redeemed, then I can too. Also, I think that she might actually have some respect for Krace as Talon's protector. Could also be the case. I think. I, like, could... I think she's starting to like. You know, entertain the possibility that Chris isn't lying and say, mm-hmm. you know, if you take what he's saying as true, 
then he is looking out for Talon, and she cares a lot about Talon, so kind of by that transitive property, <laughs> she's like, well, maybe Crace isn't such a bad guy after all. Maybe he has changed. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I think it's like, it's ta- it's how he be- cares for Talon that's kind mm-hmm. of bringing her around on him, maybe. Yeah, but I also believe that it also has to do with the fact that, like, he's the one peacekeeper who she can relate to yeah, at this well, point. Yeah, remember in Mind the Baby, like, they mention she actually has a similar conversation with John and says, you know, do you think it's possible for Grace, that Grace has changed? And and I think she also mentions, like, I was a peacekeeper, you know, I changed. Mm-hmm. John still seems to be hung up on everything that happened between the two of them, which, you know, understandable. Fair. And I th- we'll see. I, I can, this seems to be like the start of like another kind of story thread going here. It's like, can mm-hmm. Crace be redeemed? Can John ever trust him again? Yeah, exactly. But Talon and Crace have disappeared once more. So we'll have to wait and see yeah. for that. And, but that's not the final scene of yeah. the episode. The final scene of the episode, we go to Zan. And, oh, this is really sad because There's she's... no dialogue. But... No dialogue. She's holding uh, Stark's mask and stroking it. And she's crying and just sort of looks off into the distance. And that's where we end the episode. Yeah. All right. So, wow. Okay. What do we think of this episode? I love this episode. It's yeah. really good. It's I... really good. Because it does so much character things by having everybody describe the same scene but blocking it differently shooting it differently having mm. line shifts around different acting it tells us a lot about what each character sees and how they see themselves in dargo's case but also how they see others in zan's case like it tells us something about yeah. the character telling that that version of the story which i really love yeah it's just a little it's like subtle differences because you don't ha- always have to do character in text <laughs> in this case, they're doing it mostly visually. Well, here's something interesting. It's also like how the other characters are represented in each person's uh, testimony reflects yeah. that character. Yep. Like when Zan gives the testimony, she cannot lie for shit. No. <laughs> like she's <laughs> terrible at lying because she really ham- like goes, the, oh, the Placavians are great people uh-huh, who believe uh-huh, in justice uh-huh. and things. She's really bad at lying. She thinks John is an idiot. <laughs> Like, wow, damn, <laughs> that hurts. Um, but yeah, just really strong stuff from everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And also it does play up a real a real thing that eyewitness yeah. testimonies, like no two people actually can agree most of the time. Because it's, it's funny. It's I've probably mentioned this book on podcast before, <laughs> The Invisible Gorilla. I've probably mentioned it at yes, some point. Yes, I believe so, yeah. Because it also mentions about how flawed our memories are but how convinced we are that they are not flawed because they use several moments of eyewitness testimonies where two actually the one i love is when there's two people sitting in a car they see somebody get robbed in the car next to them they call the police they lose connection for some reason they call back and this has five minutes since the crime has happened the husband and the wife are giving completely different testimonies because what the man says, like, he looked like this and the woman disagrees. No, no, he looked like this. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter who's right because you already see somebody's memory is playing tricks on them. Yeah. Which, again, here it says, like, when John says, I don't know, he's the 
correctest of all because everybody saw something differently, even if it wasn't. Yeah. Dargo just saw him just go there and slam it. That's not what happened. They were struggling. Well, I like that in the scene afterwards in the transport pod, like Dargo is like, no, that's what I really thought happened. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not what happened at all. Like, it's only at the end when John explains. John is actually the only one who tells people what actually happened. Or is able. Assuming John is correct. Actually, no, wait, that's not entirely true. What actually happens is John has that one extra piece of information that nobody else has. Yeah. The fact that he turned off the console. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody else knew that. And even that, again, even John's testimony is probably not 100% correct. No, yeah, sorry, I, I was wrong when I said that. It's like. No, he has that extra bit of info that changes mm -hmm. everything. Yep. And so we only get that at the end. And yeah, this was this was a really good episode. I was like we said, I'm glad that they, you know, shot things they blocked things blocked and shot things differently in each testimony. Not just to keep it stops it from feeling repetitive, mm -hmm. but that like you mentioned, which is a great thing to bring up, is that, that actually the way that in which they do it like subtly influences the uh, tone of that thing. Yeah. yeah. They, they do the thing where, look, we had several occurrences that, uh, one occurrence that was witnessed by different perspectives where they could have just gone with, you get different bits of information, extra information in each testimony so that you, in the end you yeah. have the full story, but you watch a lot of the same things. They chose like, okay, we're still going to do that, but we're going to color each testimony to say something about the character telling it. Yeah, and I think we know great use of that opportunity. Yeah, it's 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 like the subtle touches that really mm -hmm. bring that this episode up, I think. Which is great because that to be honest, that's harder to do. Yeah. Like it's very easy to be like, okay, big action scene, big emotional drama. It's like no, it's the little subtle things. Just where everybody's standing in in relation to each other, what that says about yeah. the character. And like we're digging deep into this, but like I think for like it's the kind of thing that gen that generally just watching it you don't pick up on like consciously but it is it is subconsciously, subconsciously. You'll, you'll notice oh I'm yeah pretty sure I you think... won't you might not notice it consciously but subconsciously it'll you're feel... thinking yeah that's exactly how how they would tell that it will it'll feel different mm -hmm. and like i think the the couple of examples like we said was when Dargo gives his testimony he's like the captain everyone is front standing... center yeah big... Holding his wide. arms and everyone yeah. is behind him and he's taking the lead. Yeah, it it's so good. So alright, should we rate this episode? What do you four want? Four out of five. Yep. Easy four out of five. Easy four out of hard. five. Yep. <laughs> well learned. Yeah, good job. This was this was a great episode, definitely. I, I just love how okay, we've talked about that. Oh, just I mean also it's it's one of these things where it's actually like the production does the you know, you haven't got huge sets and things. You actually it's very minimal. Like you've mm -hmm. got the design on like the chair they're sitting in on the disc and that, that's already great, but it's they're they're like a few small elements. It's not like a big cityscape or whatever. It's very minimal. It's Almost a bottle episode, but not quite. But it yeah. works really well. I'm still really curious where they got that chair because I'm I, that thing <laughs> looks so impractical and so uncomfortable. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was a prop from a different show. That was like, oh no, they must. How we can use that? No, like that. It's so specific and so like detailed that they must have built it from scratch. Like, come on. Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine their budget for this episode was actually that big because they only had a few bits and pieces That's to put fair. together. 
That's sure. it. Also, a quick little bit of background info. This, this. this doesn't really fit in anywhere, but this is just no. funny. Um, according to Claudia Black, so this is a very serious production, you know, episode. It's very, you know, dramatic, and everyone is playing it pretty straight. This is a very serious episode about Black Voids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently the production was not helped by the fact that everyone had gone to see Galaxy Quest the weekend before shooting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just imagine them like filming it and like quoting Galaxy Quest to each other. Yeah, I just people cracking up while they have to do serious. Never give up. Shots. Never surrender. Yeah. <laughs> it must be great. Like, like every. Of course, like Galaxy Quest is a great film for fans of sci-fi. But if you are in a sci-fi show, it must have that extra layer of like yeah. humor to it. It has to. I'm really curious what things are in there that you'd only notice if you were a sci-fi actor. <laughs> Uh, this episode was badly written. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> this episode was not badly written. No, <laughs> it was very well written and well acted and well well shot. I think actually well directed and edited mm-hmm. is it's uh, like the because getting the different types of shot and like the different way of blocking everybody. Yeah, that's what a director does. Oh, by the way, for people who don't know, because I also oh, learned yeah, we, what this means like should, two days should, ago. Blocking is how where uh, actors stand in a scene. Yes, but that's something a director does. Yeah, they 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 say to the cameraman, it's like, okay, I want this close up here. I want mm-hmm. this, you to stand here. Yeah, you walk from that line to that line. You walk to there, and that's how you do that. Yeah. So, like, so I think actually, yeah, major props to the directing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't actually, I want to see who did direct this episode. It was by directed by Tony Tils. Props to that man. Well done. Uh, what else did he done? He's done a bunch of stuff. Actually, he's like a fairly prolific director for this. For Farscape, he did PK Tech Girl, Till Blood Runs Clear, Durka Returns, Bugs Life, Family Ties. He did okay. Vitas Mortis. He actually did all three of the Look at the Princess stuff. And there, the, there uh, was. There were some good shots in that that I remember. And the way we weren't, and beware of dogs. I was hoping he did the yes. way we weren't. Yes. yes. So he he's clearly a very good director, and he did a great job with this episode, mm-hmm. as did everybody else. So we really like this one. Four out of five. There you go. Yes. All right. Let's see what's up next week. So uh, that was episode seventeen. Obviously, next week's episode eighteen, and it is called a Clockwork Nabari. Oh. So clearly, mm. the, the the Nabari are going to be back. Okay. I feel it's referencing to some orange. Uh, maybe maybe some time for a bit of the old ultraviolence, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> Here's the synopsis. Again, this looks like another sort of standalone thing. I will say, in a, a few episodes' time, we're gonna, to end the season, there is like a long run of basically another three-parter and then another... Uh, another one after that that yeah. follows on from it. So this should be the the next week will be the last kind of standalone thing before we get into the four episode finale, <laughs> basically. Yes. So here's here's the plot. It's like oh here's the synopsis rather. Moira is hijacked by two Nabari who administer a mind cleansing drug to the entire crew and plan on taking Chiana back to Nabari Prime. Ooh. And Chiana and uh, Crichton and Rigel who are the only ones who are immune, must figure out a way to stop the captors before the Nabari reach their rendezvous. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, you have my attention. So, yeah, that will be next week, and uh, we will see you then. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, really enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as well. And uh, 
We'll see you next time. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Hats and at Vidalkin in Tree. Yeah. And uh, go to Kamwahats.co.uk for previous episodes and other projects, which are all supported by the Hats Patreon.com forward slash Hats. And uh, so thanks to everybody for listening. We'll uh, see you next time. And uh, goodbye for now. Goodbye. 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 Hats, can you explain to me again how the editing and the uh, directing works in this exactly? Yeah, so the director, you know, tells people what to film. They actually have to get all the camera operators organized, giving them different shots and placing the actors. Biscuits, you know, they'll biscuits, be on Mars, Biscuits, the uh, Royal Family, stand. Doctor Who, uh, You What Mate, Tea and Biscuits, Biscuits, Tea, Biscuits, Doctor Who, uh, EastEnders, Biscuits, Tea. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I have a question for you, actually. Okay. You mentioned the book The Invisible Gorilla. What does that actually talk about the, with the testimonies? It's not so much about the fact that our memories aren't that good. It's about how we believe that our memories are better than that and the illusion of memory, uh, basically. So somebody can be uh, – they have actually a very interesting Wimbles, example. Plogs, tulips, windmills, windmills, weed, 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 royal family, weed, 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 stroopwafels, weed, 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 royal family, canal boat, windmill, windmill. Did you get all that? Um, I think so.